Good morning. I'm Joe Collins. Welcome to See Me Church Online. Once again, I want to encourage you to participate in our time together by leaving your feedback in the comments section. Also, I want to remind our church members to stay in touch with each other and your oikos throughout the week during this extraordinary time. You know, one way you can do that is by connecting individually or in small groups, online or in person at your discretion. You can also share the link to our YouTube channel and tell others about our online gatherings. So for the past couple weeks, we've been in a series called One-on-One -on -One with Jesus. Last week, we examined a one-on-one -on -one between Jesus and his mother, Mary, that reminded us to trust and obey. Today, I want to examine another unique one-on-one -on -one encounter, this time between Jesus and the devil. As always, the goal is to draw out something relevant to our faith and life for today. So if you, if you know me, and many of you do, you know that I'm a huge history buff. I enjoy all kinds of historical uh, books, articles, videos, you name it. And one of the things that historians like to do is they like to ask the question, what if? What if Kennedy was never assassinated? What if Germany never won World War II? And for my friend Jack, what if the Beatles never broke up? These are intriguing questions that we will never know the answer to. But sometimes by asking them, we learn things that we might not have otherwise have learned. Today, we're going to examine a conversation between Jesus and the devil. And in addition to teasing out the things relevant to our faith and life for today, I also want to go a step further and ask the question, what if? Because we might learn something by doing that. Let's pray. God, we do ask that you open up our hearts. I pray that your spirit enters with us today as we gather here online this morning. I pray that you speak to each and every one of us as we go through the scriptures, examine it, and see what we can draw out for our life and faith today. God, it's an incredible concept, but we can literally have church and be in different places and yet still share in that one spirit. And we ask for your spirit to be among us now. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Turn with me over to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Today our text comes from the Gospel of Luke. You know, there are four Gospels, or good news accounts, of the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each one has their own unique flavor and perspective, and together they form one comprehensive picture of Jesus' life, his belief, and his practice. Now, we began our series in John, and we looked at John chapter 1 and chapter 2. Today, we're going to skip over to Luke chapter 4 and, and verses 1 through 13. Now, the, rec the events recorded here in Luke take place chronologically in between John chapter 1 and John chapter 2. At some point between Jesus and his calling of his very first disciples and the time in which they left to Cana and attended a wedding with his mother, somewhere in between those two events, the Holy Spirit sent Jesus alone out into the wilderness to fast and pray for 40 days. 
And it's during these 40 days that he ends up being tempted by the devil. You know, we often think of this time period as 39 days of hunger and one day of tempting. But in actuality, Luke tells us that it was 40 days of both tempting and hunger. The conversation Luke describes between Jesus and the devil consists of three temptation and three responses. But on further examination, there's an underlying conversation between the two of them. And it reveals two competing views of life. One, the devil's view, is of self-sufficiency, self-glorification, and self-confidence. The other, Jesus' view, is of dependence on, honor of, and trust in God. I want to examine this conversation as, and break it into the three separate, three separate exchanges. And we're going to look at the first exchange right now in verses 3 through 4. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say people do not live on bread alone. In the devil's first temptation, he is tempting Jesus with self-sufficiency. You can imagine after 40 days of not eating, Jesus was pretty hungry. And Satan coming along and telling him to turn stones into bread might have been a, a very tremendous temptation. I know I would be tempted. And notice that Satan doesn't just say a piece of bread. He says a loaf of bread. I mean, the picture here is very appealing. Now, I'm not saying here, and I don't think the Scriptures are telling us that being self-sufficient in and of itself is wrong. And that Jesus, or any of us for that matter, shouldn't strive to put food on the table and provide for ourselves and our loved ones. I think what's really going on here in the temptation is really about Jesus disregarding his need for God the Father and refusing to recognize the help that he provides. You know, I've seen this view of life played out recently. I'm sure you have too in all the panic buying in the wake of COVID-19. I was in the store this morning and there's no toilet paper on any shelf and most of the bread was gone and many of the shelves were empty and it is a very surreal experience to be there. It's very disconcerting. People are stocking up. They're trying to take matters into their own hands. But the problem is it's fear-driven, isn't it? It comes from this deep down realization that the best any of them can do, and by the way, any of you and I can do for that matter, is buy what has already been prepared and packaged for us. Because the truth is, none of us has any idea how to make toilet paper, let alone hunt and process animals or grow enough food to live on. Because at some point we are all dependent on someone else to do those things for us. And by the way, that includes manufacturers, ranchers, farmers who are just as dependent on others and forces beyond their control to make the toilet paper, grow the, the fruits and vegetables, and harvest the animals. Here's my point. Somewhere along the line, everyone has to rely on someone or something beyond themselves just to keep their rear ends clean, let alone provide for the basic necessities of life. And for Jesus, that someone, that something was God's word. 
He said, people do not live by bread alone. I think in the wake of this crisis, we ought to be reminded of how important God's word is in our lives every day. But what if Jesus never said this? Where would we look? Where would we turn for help? Would we look to science? Would we look to medicine? Would we look to experts' opinions or politics or our own devices? I want you to imagine for a moment a world in which the highest authority is you or someone else's best guess. I put before you that would be a fate worse than COVID-19. We all need to thank God, the Father in heaven and His Son, Jesus Christ, who in a time of great need and great wanting, refused to rely on Himself solely and depended on God's Word. And I want to remind you, church, to do the same. Verse 5, Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and only and serve him only. So here, the devil in an instant reveals to Jesus all of the kingdoms of the world and offers to make him king of all. In doing so, the devil, is tempting Jesus to glorify himself over and above the Father. Now, it's worth noting that in the ancient Near East, and sometimes today, an adult son was often understood as the Father's representative. And the two would work together to accomplish the Father's goals for the family. The son's identity, therefore, his status and honor, was connected to the Father's and vice versa. And if the son disregarded the father's wishes, he was, in effect, he was in effect dishonoring the father. So by answering, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only, Jesus is refusing to seek his own glory. And he's honoring the father and his wishes over and above his own. What if Jesus never said this? Then who or what would he have honored? I mean, it'd be like a game of 20 questions. Would it be an animal, a mineral, a vegetable, or a person, a place, or thing? Would it be all of those things or none of those things? The reality is, if Jesus didn't reject his own personal glory and honor and elevate his fathers above his own, then the world would be a dishonorable place. And the Father's glory would not be revealed and his purposes would not be advanced. Where there are sons and daughters who honor the Father, there the Father's glory is revealed and His purposes can be accomplished. You know, one of the great things about our mission at Simi Church, Mission Love, to love God and neighbor, is that it can be practiced anywhere at any time. Six feet apart in groups of less than ten. No contagious disease protocols can stop us from praying for, investing in, inviting to, and preparing ourselves to be Jesus to the people he has supernaturally and strategically placed in our lives. This is how we honor God. Have you been doing this in the past week or so? 
Have you been honoring God, the Father, revealing His glory and advancing His purposes? You know, I have to admit for myself, it's been difficult this past week. My schedule is off. I'm all out of sorts. I don't like going to the store and seeing empty shelves. It's very uncomfortable. And so I needed this. I needed this lesson. I needed this reminder. I'm grateful that Jesus said, you must worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. That's how we honor Him. And by doing so, that's how His glory is revealed and His purposes can be advanced. The final exchange between Jesus and the devil. Verse 9, Then the devil took Him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the Scriptures say He will order His angels to protect you and guard you. Now they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The Scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. You know, in the third and final temptation of the devil, he tries to bring doubt into the equation. He says to Jesus, like he did in the first temptation, if you are the Son of God. Now at first glance, it seems that he's tempting Jesus to find confidence in himself, to prove himself. But Jesus' reply, you must not put the Lord your God to the test, seems to indicate that actually the focus of the devil's attack is not on him, but on the Father. The devil even uses Scripture. He quotes Psalm 91, where it says that the Father promised to order His angels to protect and guard the Son. And he says, look, if God's really going to keep His promises, put Him to the test. See if He'll do it. Jump off the roof. He wanted to see if the Father would actually honor his promise. You know, if there's one thing that really chaps God's hide, it's people who doubt his promises. I know we live in uncertain times, but we need to be certain about this. God keeps his promises. What if Jesus never said, you must not test the Lord your God? You know, I thought a lot about that. And the best answer I could come up with was, so what? It didn't matter. You see, God's trustworthiness, the Father's trustworthiness, had already been proven. From the patriarchs to the prophets to Jesus' conversation with the devil in the desert, time and again, God had always kept His promises. And He continues to keep them right up to the present and will do so for eternity. And thank goodness, because I would hate to have to jump off a roof to prove it. You know, that's what doubting God and His promises looks like. It's like a leap of unfaith giving yourself over to the laws of gravity and probability. I don't know about you, but I want more certainty than that. And there's nothing more certain than God's promises. He can be trusted. Church, we are going to get through COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21, and whatever else 
comes our way. Because God has promised that the church will never be overcome. My question is, do you trust Him? We close out here in verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. You know, the devil, he's still out there. And he's always looking to spread his narrative of self-sufficiency, self-glorification, and self-confidence. But Jesus has a different story. It's one of dependence, one of honor of, and trust in our God, (coughs) who always provides, is worthy of honor, and always keeps his promises. May that be your story and mine. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for this time to be reminded of who you are. In uncertain times, it's encouraging to know what is certain. And there's nothing more certain than you. I pray that we put our trust and our faith in you, regardless of the temptations that come our way. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You know, I want Simi Church to be your church. I want it to be your family's church. I want it to be your neighbor's church. If you'd like to know more, you can message me through YouTube or through our website, simichurch.org. If you're not ready to do that, that's totally okay. Just keep coming back. You can find us here every Sunday or in person at our building as soon as we get the all clear. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next Sunday. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and dead of night. We've all found ourselves wanting. From the same old fire We've all run the things we know Just ain't right And there's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom
you feel 